Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and insomniacs rejoice because there are only three more sleeps until Christmas. In all seriousness, uh, this month is zipping by, but we're making some time for family and it's been such a blast. So come on in. We have a great episode ahead. Today we have a special guest, Johanna Jones, and I'll be reading some stories from the Vermont Homesteaders Christmas Memories, and I want to thank the author for giving me permission to do that. And then uh, we'll check in with Gracie. We'll review the elves play that we saw. Um, so let's start with uh, let's start with the interview. I'm here with special guest Joanna Jones, and I'm also here with Gracie. Hi. Say hi, Grace. Okay, good. We're going to put our special guest Joanna Jones through the uh, ringer of very tough Christmas questions. So, uh, Joanna, I hope you're ready for this. I am so ready. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. We're excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Folks may not know who you are uh, yet, some might. Uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, of course. So I'm Johanna Jones. I am 25 years old, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, now I live in California, which is very exciting. Um, but I was actually on American Idol in 2019. Uh, you might recognize me as the one who shoved a bunch of potato chips in my mouth, as well as the one who was proposed to um, in front of Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, uh, Lionel Richie. And my husband, Matt, he's now my husband, uh, no longer fiancés. We've been married for uh, a little bit over a year now. Yeah, I mean, I've studied commercial music, uh, studio engineering and production in college, and I've pretty much been doing music my whole life. And Christmas is my favorite season of the year. So this year I decided to do a Christmas album. It's only five songs, but I am very proud of them and very excited for people to hear them. So you were, uh, you were on American Idol. I don't watch American Idol at all. Um, <laughs> I, I guess Gracie does a little bit. You watch them on, on YouTube, don't you? Not really. No, no. okay. Well, really. I want some kind of like, <laughs> I do watch like stuff similar to that, but... Yeah, we, we got a kick out of it. We were watching your video today when you were proposed to. <laughs> your, your your husband has set the bar for proposals now. <laughs> well, it's such a funny story because I really had no idea he was going to be there. I mean, truly, I had no idea. And I remember during the interview before, uh, they were asking me a lot of questions about like my boyfriend. And I was like, I think, do they really want me to just rant about my boyfriend? I was like, I'm sure that they want me to talk about something else. Cause like, I'm sure that they don't just want me to, to vent about my, my boyfriend. And uh, I remember in the interview and especially watching it again, I'm like, uh, everything going through my head is, am I talking about him too much? And then there were times where I was tearing up and I was like, oh shoot. Now I'm like crying, talking about it. And I need to stop. I need to rein it back in. Um, and I had no idea that he was down in like a basement getting ready to propose to me at that time. But no, it was it was very unexpected. He had uh, planned a whole proposal actually about a month later than when he actually proposed. But it was really last minute where he was like, I already have the ring. 
I mean, she's at Hollywood Week and he just reached out to a PR person at ABC and said, I don't know if you can get me to the right people, but you know, I was planning on proposing anyway, like maybe I could propose on the show. And the next day a producer called him and he drove something like 10 hours to get there. And it was crazy. And he really did surprise me. Oops, he surprised everybody. My parents had no idea. Only a few people backstage even knew why he was there. So it was a surprise to a lot of people, but it was a pretty great surprise. Well, uh, yeah, I've got to make sure I, I have the link in our show notes so everyone can watch that. That was, I mean, and it was a great performance too. I really liked the song you sang. It was, it was really beautiful. It kind of shocked me when I heard her at first. She's like, <laughs> it was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Such a, a, a deep, powerful voice coming out of you. That was that was really nice. <laughs> I know it's a little unexpected, but <laughs> I, I like soul. You decided to put together a Christmas album, and like you said, there's uh, there's five songs. Uh, now these are original songs, I think. There's only one that is not an original, um, but four out of the five songs I did write. The only one that is not an original is "Little Snow Girl" by originally by John Gary. And I actually made that one a duet with my husband. So he's mm. actually singing with me on that one. Um, but the other four songs I did write, they're all originals. Just to kind of walk through the, the songs, um, the, the first one uh, is It's Christmas Time. And you describe that as a kind of a smooth jazz sound. And that's the one your, your husband, <laughs> Matt, he he had emailed me all these links and everything. And, and I was about halfway through that first song and I got back on my email and said, yeah, I'll have her on. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, that, that, that first one just, it was, so I actually put them in order of when I wrote them, like which songs I wrote first. So I wrote It's Christmas Time first. And really my goal was to write a song that just felt like Christmas that had all the imagery and everything that makes Christmas wonderful. So that's where it's Christmas time came along. It thought encapsulated or captured everything that Christmas is. Right, right. It's and it's very relaxing. And so I really enjoy the things that help make Christmas cozy, you know, that mm -hmm. help you relax mm -hmm. or unwind or enjoy the season and and yeah that one I, I just thought yep this is this is a really good one that makes my heart so happy oh good good and I think it's neat because I I've been talking with some podcasters we kind of chat about Christmas music and we, we need new songs you know we need new new classics basically you know what's going to be the new mm -hmm. classic in 20 years um, so I I'm always excited to, to be listening out for for new music like this and I I think this is one that will uh, I can't wait for it to come out and get it on my <laughs> on my playlist. So he has a whole playlist of Christmas songs. <laughs> like he just yeah. has like oh, yeah. seven hundred different versions of one song. <laughs> well, not one song, no. <laughs> I've seen your Christmas podcast album. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What were you, what were you just gonna say? Oh, I was. Um, I definitely wanted to write some songs that I don't know. I just felt like a lot of the new Christmas songs nowadays are a little too poppy for my taste. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I do have a pop Christmas song in there, <laughs> but I definitely wanted to have some new Christmas music that wasn't just like a pop song that has the word Christmas thrown in there every once right. in a while. I wanted it to actually sound and feel like Christmas. So yeah, yeah, it's 
it's like the the movie debates if um, a movie is a Christmas movie or is it a movie set at Christmas? You know, there, there's a difference. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there's a difference. Your next song is Follow That Star. And uh, this one is kind of is a gospel song and you have a, a big choir of, of friends there to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, about that choir that you were able to put together. Yeah. So luckily, my um, my mom was a part of Gladys Knight's gospel choir. So she's got a lot of really amazing people uh, that she's friends with. So I was lucky enough to have a couple of her old gospel choir uh, members join in and, and sing background on Follow That Star, as well as some of my American Idol friends that I met on the show that were able to come and participate as well. And really just everybody that I knew that sang that I could could get there during recording times, I had people come in and uh, we recorded e each part separately, but it turned into this big phenomenal choir sound. And um, it was really a a surreal experience to have something that just exists in my head become this big lush choir and have all these people together to sing a song that I wrote. It was uh, an experience unlike any other, but yes, I love Follow That Star. I wanted to have a good balance for this album of writing uh, sort of classic Christmas songs and then songs that were sort of nativity related, um, like the true meaning of Christmas side. And so I wanted to have a good balance of, of the two of the two uh, sides of Christmas, I should yeah, say. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of my, honestly, one of my favorite things of Christmas is, you, you know, we've got the the sacred with, with Christ and then we have the, I don't know, the fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to make it sound like God is boring, but you know. It's... The fun and cozy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but but yeah, there's there's uh, the, the the fun side. I mean, we have lots of fun at Christmas. The exciting side. The exciting side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, follow that star. I had to, like you were saying, just to been an amazing experience for you to to be able to hear, you know, the words you wrote and the music you wrote just coming out of the out of a choir like that. It's it's got to be incredible. Yeah, it was a really amazing experience, and I hope that people can feel that as they listen to the songs. Just this energy and this um build that's unlike any other yeah i do love it well and then you have a uh, little snow girl which you had talked briefly about and that's again kind of a a, a jazz type style of song and uh it says it said a, a, it's a little girl in love with her new snowman and is torn apart that the snowman has to go away every year yes it's funny it's um it was one of my favorites as a little girl uh, it was originally on the John Gary Christmas album, which isn't very well known, mm -hmm. but I always thought it was such a fun and play playful song and listening to the version that I did, I mean, I, I kind of, I think made it a little bit more emotional than the original. <laughs> the original is very light and playful. And I think that uh, the duet that my husband and I did made it a little bit more emotional, but still pretty playful. And I like to also think that there's a lot of different meanings that could be behind the song of not just a little girl and her snowman, but you know, any kind of scenario of somebody having to go away, but not having to fear because we know that they're going to come back. So yeah, one of my favorites growing up. Definitely. I had never, I don't think I've ever heard of that, that one. So I'll have to, we'll have to see if some of my uh, music friends who uh, are really into the, into music, yeah. I've come across that, but uh, I, I thought it was really sweet. And being the the father of a daughter, 
I mean, that song just nails it. <laughs> I, I won't tell any stories about you and your teddy bears. <laughs> Oops. Uh, I had lots of stories with my teddy bears. In fact, I think I still have some. So. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. I I reassure her that she she you're never too old for a teddy bear. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, right. We get another religious song that um, it, it's called Warm and Safe or Mary's Lullaby. Mm -hmm. Now, this one really weird. By the time the song was done, I had some allergy reaction or something. I don't know. <laughs> My eyes were watering. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you weren't just crying? Oh, I was. I don't I don't cry. No. <laughs> no, this one. Um, so Warm and Safe. It's funny because this project, so my Christmas song was act, uh, this whole Christmas album was a capstone project for graduating college. This mm -hmm. was the project I took on to kind of show my professors what I learned. And I, when I wrote this song, I only had about three weeks left until my project was due. I had to have all my songs produced and turned in and I was very stressed. Um, and obviously this was years ago, so this wasn't, um, I had them redone to release this year, but, uh, when I wrote this song, it was about three o'clock in the morning and I felt so lost and I couldn't think of anything else to write about. In a moment, I thought of the, the statue by Michelangelo, uh, the La Pieta. Mm -hmm. And and that's the one, if you don't know, it's the one of Mary when she's holding Christ after he's been crucified. And mm, yeah. uh, I don't know why, but that, that statue stuck out in my brain. And in about 10, 15 minutes, I had the whole song written down. <laughs> uh, it just sort of came out all at once. And I like to think of it as, you know, Mary's his mother and she would sing the same lullabies to him as a baby as she would to the end. And so I wanted to have this transition of beginning to end of, of new life as a baby and new life for everybody at the end. So it was this transitional song, but uh, definitely took me quite a few takes um, <laughs> to record. I, I cried quite a bit. I think the take that I finally got um, was maybe the ninth because it was hard for me to get through but that one's probably my favorite song I've ever written uh just because it I partially feel like it's not mine so yeah I really love that one yeah it, it is a very powerful song and in the imagery in the song itself is is just profound I think uh lis listeners who are religious will find that to be a very meaningful song that that's definitely one of my favorites and, and like I said I was I was a little misty-eyed by the end. It's it's a good, it's a good one. And then we we end with a a really fun, well, sort of fun song. Uh, right. Santa, you screwed up. <laughs> I know. It's quite a contrast to the one before, but yeah, you really can't get much more different than that. I think <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. So Santa, you screwed up. I it was the last song I wrote two days before my project was due. I really pulled it out of thin air but I was trying to come up with something quirky and unique and I knew I wanted something upbeat uh just to really steal in the album and and give it something different and I just thought of that concept of what if you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas I mean we always talk about 
getting what we wanted for Christmas and and love at Christmas time. And I thought it would be kind of funny to have this story about a girl who didn't get the guy for Christmas and who can she blame but Santa Claus, but you know, St. Nick. So uh, that just kind of came out of nowhere. And then of course I wanted to have some like Benny and the Jets kind of feel in the middle of there. So um, yeah, that one kind of <laughs> blossomed, but I thought it would be a good way to end the Christmas album. Just something very lighthearted and funny. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. Now, do you uh, do you play instruments, the piano at all, or are you just? I a do singer? play the piano. I okay. um, I play the piano, but not not amazing. I can do the basics. Uh, so I did have my friend who produced the album for me. His name's Gavin, um, and he is an amazing keyboardist. And so he played all that jazz, the lush jazz uh, piano. And then, of course, he was the one who arranged everything, the drummer, the string quartets, uh, the horns, everything. Um, uh, he was really uh, crucial to this project. But but yeah, I do play piano. I wish I played more. I always kind of kick myself that I ever quit piano lessons because I could have been a lot better. And I wish I learned how to play the guitar. I play a little ukulele, but not great. Me too, so. me too. <laughs> And you play guitar. Yeah, Grace and I play can play ukulele. I mean, very basic chords. Uh, then I, I play guitar. Uh, again, I, I know like six chords, <laughs> but it's, it's enough a, to make a, some songs. That's more than I know. Yep, it's it's enough. I can strum it and we can sing some. As long as the chords are real basic, I can I can do it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it is so fun to be able to to be creative like that and and just to to sing or to you know, let loose with an instrument or whatever. It, it, there's a lot of joy in that. Definitely. And I will say the piano with what I, what I do know with the piano, it gives me enough to be creative where I, I can pretty much come up with anything. I just, if I wanted to sound professional, I ask, I ask the professionals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had taken about a year of piano when I was 10, maybe. Uh, and <laughs> I wish I had stu I'd stuck with it because I, I, I didn't. And uh. that's one of those things I regret is that I just kind of gave it up as being dumb. So <laughs> yeah, I did too. I think we all kind of hit that point. And then Me too. for those of us yeah. that do quit, we kind of kick ourselves later on in life, but yep. Yep. okay. Yeah, that's all right. We, we find other ways to make up for it, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> you had mentioned Christmas is your favorite holiday. Whose isn't? Yeah, who, whose isn't? <laughs> if, if you're, um, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and it's not your favorite holiday, uh, you know, I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> but what are some of your your favorite Christmas songs? Oh, favorite Christmas songs. There's lots of good. I love listening to the Carpenters. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's such a warm. I mean, that's the sound of Christmas to me. I love, of course, chestnuts roasting. Um, I think my favorite Silent Night, my grandma would sing Silent Night every Christmas Eve. We would have a big family party and then we would always start off with my grandma singing the first verse of Silent Night and then everybody joins in and we all sing the other verses together. So that's not just a special song because of, you know, the words and the feeling, but because it's 
part of my family and part of our old family traditions. But yeah, I definitely love Silent Night, uh, a Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting. I mean, I, I do, of course, love the Christmas Shoes song. It's such a fun, um, such a sad song. But I remember cheering every time it came on the radio as a kid. Christmas Shoes? Yeah, the Sir, I wanna buy these shoes. Yeah. That's funny. I, I don't hear a lot of people who, who like that song for some reason. <laughs> I know. Oh, I guess I just shows. have that. Oh, yeah, that song. Yeah. I just must like the sad ones. But <laughs> no, I, I as a kid, it was my favorite because yeah I, I don't know why. I just was always so touched by it and thought it was such a sweet little song of a kid wanting to get his shoes yeah. for his mom. Um, so I do really love that one. Oh man, there's so many songs that I love. I, I, I know. I, I mean, just pick one and I, that's, oh yeah, I like that one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> exactly. That's like my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Christmas movies? Do you like put on a movie and oh, yeah. get in the mood? Uh, definitely love a Christmas story. That's classic. I can't go a year without watching a Christmas story. My family always watches, uh, and of course, Elf is, mm-hmm. a, is a great one. Yes. Um, <laughs> When it comes to classic Christmas, I mean, I love watching the the Rudolph and Old Frosty the Snowman. I love, my family does watch White Christmas every year, although I wouldn't say that White Christmas is necessarily a Christmas movie. I think that it's <laughs> one of those, it's just a movie that happens to be set around Christmas time. Yeah. Um, and then of course, It's a Wonderful Life. You have to watch It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas. Oh, and Home Alone. Oh, oh, there's alone. so many. Oh yeah, yeah. Home Alone. Have to watch Home Alone. <laughs> All of, well, at least the first and second Home Alone every year have to watch those. I remember watching Home Alone when it came out in the theater. I don't know. We missed like half the dialogue because everyone was laughing so hard <laughs> at the at the movie. Uh, it it was it was kind of funny. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think I've only seen it like a few, but. Yeah, you you've only seen it maybe once or twice, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a bad but parent they, sometimes. They were they were funny. <laughs> they were funny though. Yeah. The ones I did see, and like when the kid is just doing all these things, like what was it? I haven't. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, he did lots of stuff to the to the burger. All of those things, like they look so painful. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One I remember was he had like tarp on the stairs and there's a nail sticking out of it and the dude just steps on it and I was like, oh, I felt that. Yep. There's a funny video if you uh, look up on YouTube. It's actually it's it's called the kill count of yes. Home Alone, where how many times they they would have died if it was actually real, real and not Hollywood, um, you know, yeah. situations. But yeah, it's it's such a funny, such a funny. Movie. Yeah, and I hadn't seen um it's a wonderful life and until just a couple years ago and and i've i've shared the story with on the podcast before i'm sure but um it it was one of my wife's favorites or she she just really liked watching it and um i for whatever reason thought it was just a terrible movie even though i'd never seen it (laughs) so i actually sat down to watch it and i thought well this is a really this is a really good movie i like that oh that's not so bad so yeah, I don't know what my problem was. <laughs> but... oh, I know it's funny because it's a wonderful life. Isn't necessarily a Christmas movie either, right? Um, I think at the very end, it, they're standing by a Christmas tree, 
but yeah. it's one of those that I think just makes people feel good and everybody wants to feel good at Christmas time. That's kind of what the season's about. So it's perfect to sort of fit into the season. So you're living in California right now, uh, mm-hmm. you said. So you probably have some pretty warm Christmases there, <laughs> I would I'd expect. Um, I mean, yeah, it gets a little bit chilly. Um, I'm from Vegas, so maybe I'm, I'm used to warm Christmases in general. I did for a while live in Utah, uh, so I know what it's like to be in the snow, uh, but I get very nervous in the snow. I, <laughs> I don't like driving in it. Um, but no, I mean, we've only been here for one Christmas so far, so this would be our second, and it does get pretty chilly. We don't have, um, we don't put our heater on, we just kind of get snug in our blankets, and it can get to the to the 30s, which I know this isn't that cold, <laughs> but when you don't have a heater on, it can get pretty cold, so, you know, we just get cozy in our blankets, and I like it because then I can make hot chocolate and put the tree on and listen to Christmas music and it feels like Christmas and it's it's very fun but no it doesn't snow here and we live fairly close to the ocean so we still will walk outside and get like that salty sea smell it's okay because we make Christmas happen anyway that's right yeah (laughs) yeah I, I when I was a teenager we lived in Washington state and I lived near uh near near a beach uh, it was an inlet it, so it, it would get cold but it wouldn't hardly ever snow because of just the 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 ocean temperature and stuff mm-hmm. uh, but I do remember a few times it would it snowed and that was always really exciting snowed <laughs> here today yeah well and, and it's yeah we had some snow today which was oh, a surprise so I when I was a kid in um in Las Vegas so it, it barely snows in Las Vegas and when I was in eighth grade it snowed a couple feet, which is crazy wow. for Las Vegas. Yeah. And trees broke and the entire city basically shut down. I mean, you would think it was 2020 <laughs> uh, with how, how dead every, everything was. Nobody was on the streets. There weren't snow plows because Vegas isn't equipped to, to plow the streets uh, in a timely manner. So nobody was driving around and I'd never seen my street white before. And uh, that was a really cool experience. Just walk out in the middle of my street and see snow falling in the lamplight and see all the houses covered in just blankets of white. And I'd never seen that before. And my sister brought out our little speaker and we played Christmas music down the street. And you've got kids playing snowballs and all the neighbors opened up their backyard when they had uh, fresh untouched snow that all the kids could play and get snowballs ready. So that was a really magical time when I was a kid. Yeah, it was really cool. It, I liked snow when I was a kid, but then I grew up and I lived in <laughs> snow and realized it's not as fun when you're when you're grown up and have to drive places. But I'm in my uh, I'm 42 and and I've noticed now when the when the snow and cold weather comes, I have I sure have a lot more aches and pains than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh so i send my boys out to shovel now instead instead of me doing it so (laughs) (laughs) we'll put them to work (laughs) definitely and that's why you have kids right that's right yep (laughs) have kids to put to work right (laughs) two teenagers and an 11 year old girl (laughs) uh yeah so the 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 two teenage boys they do all the work and then gracie bosses them around so that's the way it should be right (laughs) Exactly. That's, that's right. Well, families. well, she says that's the way it works. So in most families, 
<laughs> right. Um, ladies in charge. <laughs> ladies in charge. Okay. Well, that sounds like a, an exclusive scoop here. Uh, ladies yeah. are now mm -hmm. in charge. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have uh, a favorite uh, Christmas tradition that you and your family like to do? Um, well, one thing that we did, and uh, this was sort of like a Thanksgiving and Christmas tradition. Um, so it was actually after Thanksgiving, but my grandma would make these, they'd get these big pie tins, like gigantic pie tins. And my grandma would wrap little presents, just something small like socks or gum or something like that in them. And she would place them all in this pie tin with a ribbon attached. And at the end of the ribbon had every, had our names on it. So everybody got a little gift. And then she would wrap the top of the pie tin with brown paper and draw a little pie on it. And everybody would find their ribbon sticking out of the end of the pie. And on the count of three, we'd all pull at the same time and it would, all the presents would rip through the paper and everybody would have their first uh, gift of the Christmas season. So it was our little tradition. We called it the porky pie. And <laughs> everybody at Thanksgiving would be able to pull their gifts and we would all have our first Christmas gift every year. So that was something that my family did when I was growing up that I really loved. Um, and even though like we knew it was something small, like most of the time I think I would get, you know, hubba bubba mm. or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, pair of socks, but it didn't matter because it was just so fun to gather around with all my cousins and be able to rip open that that porcupine and I don't know it was just such a fun experience but I did love that growing up that was a fun tradition that my grandma came up with well and and like you said it's it's fun being around family around your cousins definitely uh, yeah it's been a while since we've I've seen mine yeah so. let's see my, my wife's sister they have six kids yes, is six that right kids yeah six kids <laughs> so we have we have a bunch of cousins <laughs> to try to <laughs> try to get out and see <laughs> yeah and oh, it's that's... been quite a while what when was it yeah it's been a few years 2016 2015 yeah something? i think so yeah i don't know wow i have quite a few cousins too i feel bad oh, for the parents having to get so many gifts <laughs> <laughs> no yeah like how do they have enough money to get all those presents for all those kids <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> you'll have to ask her <laughs> when is your uh when is your new album coming out and where can we uh, look for it. Yeah, of course. So it's actually, it's already out. Uh, you okay. can listen to it anywhere. I believe it came out on November 13th, which was World Kindness Day, uh, which is why we decided to release um, on November 13th. Plus, you know, we didn't want to touch the election. We just didn't want, we thought people would ha like to have a break from politics. So yeah. Christmas music, that's what we need. That's right. Um, so it's actually out everywhere. Um, you can listen to it on any streaming platform. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Prime Music. Uh, it's also on YouTube if you want to listen to it on YouTube. Uh, there's really, I mean, any streaming platform that you can. We're working on getting some CDs um, printed and made so that people can also purchase CDs. Um, but that's still a work in progress just because they're it takes a while for them to make them and ship them to us. So we haven't gotten them quite yet, but that's in the process, but otherwise you can listen to it anywhere. Okay, great. Yeah. I thought for some reason it wasn't out yet, but it's that's okay. It's, it's technically before Thanksgiving. And I know some people are weird <laughs> about 
Christmas like before Thanksgiving, but this this episode will will be out after Thanksgiving actually. So it's, oh, well, it's all good. It's all fine. I don't. Basically, I've been inside too long. I have no idea what day it is. So it is oh, Monday. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, what is the name of your album? I should have that here, but oh yeah, of course. The name of the album is "It's Christmas Time." Oh, it's uh, Christmas time. Okay. Pretty short and sweet. So it's actually. The first song on the album, It's Christmas Time, is the title of the entire the entire album. Well, again, it, It's Christmas Time is available uh, everywhere. So go out and add it to your Christmas playlist. And uh, well, jo- Johanna, thank you so much for stopping by the, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. It, it has been. And uh, if you, you know, continue to have uh, more Christmas music and stuff and you want to promote something, just give me a holler and We'll uh, we'll get another interview, or I'll mention it in the show. Hundred percent, yeah. Hopefully, um, I'm hoping that every year, pretty much for the rest of my life, I can have a Christmas song. Great, <laughs> great. Well, I'll, I'll pencil you in for next year then. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> All right, thanks for stopping by, Joanna. Of course, you guys have a wonderful evening and Merry Christmas. Yep, Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. We're a married couple living in New York City. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably love Christmas just as much as we do. In our podcast, Christmas Time in the City, we talk about the history and traditions of the holidays in New York City. The Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree, Caroling in Washington Square Park, New Year's Eve in Times Square, the classic Christmas movies filmed here, we cover it all. In Listener Mail, we answer questions from listeners like you that may be planning a trip or maybe just curious about us. And in Christmas Confidential, we read anonymous listener-submitted Christmas confessions to help people finally get their deepest Yuletide secrets off their chest. So subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Unless you don't want to, then just forget about it. Really? What, too much? (laughs) No, it's fine. Well, as you heard the interview in my last episode, the wonderful people at the Birmingham Children's Theater have put on an absolutely delightful interactive Zoom play, Elves, The Experience, an extremely lively virtual elf saga. Gracie and I loved it. We laughed. It was great. We'll go and catch up with Gracie, see what she thought of the play. And you can hear our rambling thoughts on that. But yeah, it was it was an hour well worth spent together. It was so fun. It's so funny. I would recommend it. As we say in the interview, especially for younger kids, you know, they say like age group five to 11, but probably like that five to eight year old range is really going to be a hit. And older than that, it's going to depend on your kid, I think, and what level of excitement or belief they may have. But yeah, even not participating in the scavenger hunt and interactive part, just watching it as I did, it was hilarious. And I genuinely loved the performances. Alana Fagan, who played Francis and Zachary Morton, who played Jojo, especially he was our favorite, as you'll hear, so funny. And Alana, her performance was very sweet, very, very energetic and happy, and it really just put me in the Christmas mood. So we enjoyed that. Let's check in with Gracie and get her review on Elves, The Experience. Grace and I are hunkered down in the cozy Christmas cabin, also known as my attic. Which is a giant mess. You can't see it, but it is. <laughs> You'll just have to take our word for it, I guess. It's been a bit chilly outside. 
uh, which is nice. I have uh, a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> we had a wonderful opportunity this past week to watch the the play Elves. Let's see if I can remember what it stands for. Extremely lively virtual elf um, something that starts with S. Mm. <laughs> but uh, that was, again, the, a virtual play put on by the Birmingham Children's Theater, um, directed by Alex Ungerman and written by Cena Skates. And uh, listeners heard an interview with them in just the last podcast, maybe two podcasts ago, depending on when this gets out. Thursday night, Grace and I sat down in front of the TV to enjoy the, the elves' shenanigans. Basically, um, it's two elves, right? Um, mm -hmm. One was named Jojo, mm -hmm. and he was male, and one was named Francis, and it was female. See, Jojo was the green elf, and Francis was the red elf, right? right? Yeah, so, uh, so Grace, tell us a bit about Jojo and Francis. What were they like? All right, starting off with Jojo, a.k.a. in my personal opinion, the crazy elf. <laughs> You'll yeah. learn why. Um, yes. Jojo is kind of, I don't know how to put this, but Jojo is just crazy. Mm -hmm. He is very hyper and it's like, but kind of a scaredy cat at the same time. Like, uh, he's very energetic and, ah, you know, um, <laughs> but he got scared a lot and by um when something bad happened in the play he'd often be like screaming his head off and he's yeah. like we're all gonna die you know stuff like that he's yes. just kind of like the crazy elf who and he's just kind of like i mean the kids really are gonna love jojo because he's that big over-the-top character his arms are flailing about you know his i think at one point he's he almost just... knocked his set over <laughs> you know? so, he's so it was just very amusing it was great yeah and then francis she was the red elf she was more calm but still like she was confident too because mm -hmm. you see in this play a lot of bad things were happening so basically every all the viewers watching were they were like santa's like elf helpers and um for the night because all this bad stuff was happening she was like okay okay there has to be a way to fix this we can do it you know and jojo's over here like ah, there's no possible way <laughs> you know He's yes like, She's more like confident, but she's still really funny at the same time. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Francis was sweet, uh, and 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 kind, and very very patient with Jojo, who's you know <laughs> needs to maybe cut down on his sugar intake. I don't know. I know. <laughs> he's, he's like, wow, I love this. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's going crazy. But oh, and so what? What happens is when you when you sign up for this play and and you'll log in, parents will have uh, some things to do to get ready for the play to hide because it's going to be kind of like a scavenger hunt uh, for your kids. And, you know, there's a little bit of work for parents to do, but it's not complicated mm -hmm. at all. Let's see. So when you log in, Francis and Jojo are there and then all the kids watching on the Zoom meeting are there and you can see the kids and you can, you know, see, well, the, see I think, the, um actors and stuff. yeah and basically uh so francis and jojo are, are excited to lead the kids through a virtual tour of the north pole and then there's a scary thing that happens it, it's we don't uh, want to spoil anything right. if you haven't seen it yeah but i will um say i'm 11 going on 12 whatever you want to say 16 but, yep 
11. <laughs> um, but anyway, I will say the play was for what? 4 through 11? Um, yeah, I... it's they, they recommend ages is 5 through 11, I think. Right. I will say it was awesome. It was fun. It was cute. All these little kids were there and they had this like one of the um, things for the scavenger hunt was like, go look in the place that's the coldest in your house and there should be something there waiting and there was like a hat and all these mm-hmm. little like five-year-olds were in there with hats and oh yes. my word it was so cute that was really cute but yeah i would just say it was, it's maybe made for kids a bit younger than me but i'm not mm-hmm. trying to say i didn't like it i loved it it was cute it was funny and mm-hmm. it was sweet and it made me laugh it made me have a good laugh that night. yeah oh yeah we were well i was watching and, and grace and i both were laughing their heads off and i think it comes down to knowing your kid well, and as as you heard in the interview, some 13, 14 year old kids were loving it. I, uh, I'm not and, trying to say I don't love well, it. Well, no, no, it yeah, was it's awesome. um, boy, I think it's like the scavenger hunt part really appeals to the younger children, right? Um, you know, because they're super active and they're wanting to do things, and you could see them wiggling around and all like that. wanting to get up and just that's yeah. a normal five year old and then six year old, you know. As then Grace, you know, as an eleven year old on that other end of the of the age recommendation. I think what you're saying is your favorite part is not necessarily the scavenger hunt, but it was the, the, the humor, the humor, the acting, the story, the silliness. Yeah. The silliness. Um, we both because really enjoyed that part. I were watching this four years ago, five years ago when I was like six or seven, I would have loved the scavenger hunt and finding everything. But now that I'm 11 and can, like, learn to, like, sit still and listen, you know, all that stuff, because <laughs> we've had trouble with that in the past. But now that I've learned, it's just more fun for me to, like, watch the act that's happening. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was a really good play. And yeah. they uh, did very well, especially for Zoom, because it's not easy when you're on a Zoom, like, mm-hmm. just getting everyone it's always and it's i feel like it's easier for the viewers if they're in person just you know yeah yeah to see what's really happening but oh it was so funny this this would be i mean this would be hilarious to watch live on on a stage i mean you know but obviously we we can't all do that what cena and alex were able to put together uh with with the limited resources that zoom has to offer this is this is good yeah oh it's so good and so funny like uh, I, I know we say this a lot, but we were laughing almost I the entire time. I was literally at one point laying on the floor in my living room, just like dying, because <laughs> yes. dying of laughter. Jojo <laughs> in, is just that really funny person. I'm not saying Francis wasn't funny. I'm just saying yeah. Jojo was hilarious. And then you know Francis is over here trying to calm him down because he's like panicking. Yeah. <laughs> and oh man. So they were like stretching and Jojo lifted his leg up and he was like, trying to get it. <laughs> yes. It was so funny. Uh, so yeah, imagine, uh, you know, a grown man in tight pants trying to stretch. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was very fun. It was very entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't horribly long either. No, so. yeah, it was about 50 minutes exactly, like, uh, which I found yeah. really impressive. You know, they, they said it, it takes approximately 50 minutes. And when you are doing something interactive with, with children and, you know, you're having them run off to get to go on a scavenger hunt and come back. I mean, they kept things moving. Uh, I was impressed that they got it done right at 50 minutes. So right. 
that's I mean, I might skill. have taken a bit more, but that's pretty normal just because, like, that's normal for a normal play, you know? Like, yeah. to basically any play or show I've been to, they're, like, approximately an hour or whatever. It takes usually a few more minutes, but just getting everything set up, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, So, in the two actors that we saw, um, I don't have their names in front of me, but... They were ac- absolutely Really great, good. Absolutely um, great actors. Yeah, so... Um, I guess, Gracie, would you recommend folks go and, and check out this play? Yes. If your kids like scavenger hunts or just funny acting, yes, I would recommend. And even if they don't love scavenger hunts, but they love acting or the mm-hmm. other way around, just it's really fun and funny and you should go check it out. So Yeah, it's... I mean, it was a wonderful way to spend an hour on a, in an evening when we're all stuck inside. There, there's something for the whole family in this. You know, they're, um, the, the younger kids will love the scavenger hunt and the craziness of the elves. And, you know, the, maybe older kids like Grace's age and, and into that early teen years, I think they'd appreciate the humor. And um, just the funniness for me anyway. Yeah, like. and as a parent, I mean, this, I love something that we all love you know that this is and this was great and it's great probably as adults to see your kids laughing and having... you know so the the play it keeps that magic alive you know the, the the actors who are playing the elves never break character and come out as as themselves you know they they <laughs> pretend they're they're right. the elves like, through the they whole thing really and... had me thinking is this their personality <laughs> are they just crazy like, oh, yeah, it's just amazing. So um, anyway, so all all that to say, this is a great play. Absolutely, wonderful. to to watch with your family, and I think tickets are on sale now at bct one two three dot org. And it's very family friendly. Yep. So. And I believe the tickets are twenty dollars. Um, you're gonna want to double check that on the website, and I I think maybe it's like twenty dollars a device, or you can have two kids on one device or something like that. But yeah, um, but it was great. So yeah, if if I were to rank this, it would be five hundred stars. You know, out of five stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just absolutely fun and great. Um, so. and I shared some links from the children's theater in the show notes of the last episode, and I'll do it again this episode. That they have some videos up on their on their website you can see some of the plays they've done this year online um, there's a cardboard puppet uh, theater that is really neat and really cool um, it's a very simple set they put together and they just tell these stories i'm sure this isn't the only really play amazing. they're gonna do you know like, oh yeah they yeah. probably do plenty of other things for your kids to watch if they're ever bored but so yeah if you're in uh the birmingham area especially i'd say you know support this theater go check them out and, they're uh, great yeah yeah <laughs> For today's story, I'm going to read two of the chapters from the Vermont Homesteaders Christmas Memories by Nancy Carey Johnson. And as you recall, I had her on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about her book. I wanted to read you just a couple stories uh, from there, and she was gracious enough to uh, give me that permission. So, Nancy, I really appreciate that. These are just charming stories. The first one is from chapter 45 called An Early Christmas for Jolly. And this is the dog that she adopted or the dog who adopted Nancy. Here's uh, chapter 45, An Early Christmas for Jolly. It was years ago in early December. 
when we were adopted by our dog Jolly, who, as you know, was starving and freezing, literally, and needed a family to love and care for her. What we didn't know at that time was just how much we needed to love and care for a dog. Jolly has brought so much love and joy into our lives since her arrival, and her antics are a riot. Here's an example of her hilarious shenanigans. On a relatively warm and sunny afternoon, I'd decorated our front porch with garlands of greens and little white lights. Graceful swags were hanging from the porch roof between the upright posts that were also wrapped in lights and greens and finished with a red ribbon on each of them. Then it occurred to me that it would be really cute if I put my coffee table, which looks like a sleigh, on the front porch and stacked wrapped packages on it. I placed three packages of varying sizes with colored wrapping on it. In retrospect, I wish I had put stones in them so they wouldn't blow over if the wind started getting feisty. Ah oh well, lesson learned. After looking at my handiwork, I thought, it would be really cute if I added this Christmas bear, which sports a bright red knitted sweater with a green Christmas tree on the front. It'll look, kinda, like all sorts of wonderful gifts are stuffed into Santa's sleigh. I added the bear as a topper. Apparently, I didn't have my thinking cap on, because had I, I would have put two and two together and remembered that Jolly loves stuffed animals. Any and all of them. The very moment my back was turned, she ran over, snatched that teddy bear from the sleigh, and joyfully ran hell-bent for election as far away from me as possible, with the prized bear clenched between her teeth. <laughs> right. What was I thinking? Never mind, I obviously wasn't. Let's just say that Christmas came early that year for my jolly girl. Then I went to read chapter 72, called A Festival of Lessons and Carols. As I may have mentioned, I grew up attending Grace Church in Brooklyn Heights. It was a large, gothic, revival stone church built in 1848. During my childhood, much of my life revolved around Grace Church. It's where I went to preschool. It's where I was involved in the youth group. It's where my mother helped to organize the Christmas fair, at which, as a little child, I had my first candy apple and couldn't wait for subsequent fairs to have another one. And later, when I was older, I volunteered to work the fair whenever I was needed. It's where I volunteered to work for community dinners, where I sang in the choral society, where my siblings were baptized, I had a cold and so Reverend Atwater came to my parents' house to baptize me, where my sister was married, where both my parents' memorial services were held when they passed away. I know every inch of that church. And yet, the very first time I went to the church's festival of lessons and carols, I was already 16. The service was held at 5 p.m. two or three days before Christmas. I went because I had asked Reverend Cheryl, who took over for Reverend Atwater when he retired, if there was ever a time when the congregation sang lots of Christmas carols, and he suggested I attend it, I was enraptured, and not, as it turns out, just because of all the Christmas carols we sang. There was something about that night that touched me to my very soul. It was perhaps the holiest experience I've ever had. I felt as though I was connected to all that is and all that ever was. It was as if time stood still. No, it was more like time opened up. It could have been the 20th century or the 18th century, and it didn't matter when it was, because, in reality, it was all time. Sadly, even with such an amazing experience, 
For a myriad of reasons, I've never had a chance to go back and attend another one. But I wish I had. I wish I could. That night is an experience that burns bright and strong within me, and it's one I'll never, ever forget. Those are a couple of Christmas memories from the Vermont Homesteaders Christmas Memories by Nancy Carey Johnson. Uh, I, I picked to read one about Jolly because I love stories about animals and their antics. Um, it just reminds me of the joys of, of being owned by a pet. Then um, her story about just that, that spiritual moment she had when she was singing music and, and singing Christmas music. As you recall from her interview, you know, we share a love of music. And in today's episode, I was able to interview a musician and thought that the story would be applicable uh, here. There is power in song, you know, there is power and such emotion contained in music that it's able to teach us uh, so much in a, such a simple way. And so today I hope that you find great joy in listening to Christmas music, whatever time of the year you're listening to this episode. Uh, you know, I, I'd love for you to just crank up the Christmas music loud and share the joy of music. Okay, so before I go, I do want to just give a quick few business matters to take care of. Um, again, you can support the show on ko-fi.com. That's uh, ko-fi.com. And you can go to the website, search for Cozy Christmas Podcast. You'll find it. You can, for the price of a, co- a coffee, uh, help support the show. Um, other ways, free ways you can support the show is to share it on your social medias and rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever um, you can review podcasts. If you like, if this is your first time listening, welcome. And you can find us on just about all over the place on any podcast hosting service. If there's one I'm not on, just let me know. I'll see if I can get that on there for you. All right. So in the meantime, folks, I hope you're doing well. I hope you stay healthy. And I love for you to be kind to each other, to share your stories, and to remember that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs>